Good day and welcome to Reflections from the Burning Bush with Ty and Betsy Tice. Will God speak to me from the bush or whom does God call? When we first made this title, I was wondering to myself if other people would understand and Betsy said that she wanted to do something to explain what we meant by the burning bush experience because it might not resonate with everybody else. So, uh, Betsy, at this time, why don't you go ahead and tell us what your idea is? The first idea that I have is that we need to mention that God calls all to be saved. John three sixteen through 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. At this time, I want to interject something here. Because that call is so universal for every single man, woman, and child, we don't realize that God also has a special calling for those who will stop and hear what he's saying. And that's what we mean by the burning bush experience. To give you an example of that, in our own situation, our burning bush experience was stopping at Faith Temple in San Jose. I won't give away what our scripture was. We'll do that in the New Testament portion that we're doing. But what we intend to do here is we want to break this up into two parts. The first part, sharing with you the Old Testament people that had burning bush experiences. Now, it may not have been a burning bush. It might have been something else. And we're going to talk about that as we go along. In the New Testament, it was the same way, but we're also going to include some modern day people, such as ourselves, who have had that burning bush experience. And our intent in all of this is that you can see, Lord, what is my experience that you want me to have with a passion so I can serve you? Betsy? We're calling it the call for service from the bush. And Moses is the first person that we're going to look at. And we're calling him the man who turned to see. In Exodus chapter 3, 1 through 10, we read about, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. I want to stop here to point out something that you may or may not have noticed before. God did not call unto him out of the bush until the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. Please remember, keep that totally in mind as you're looking. God wants you to stop and see. Exactly. 
And he said, Draw not thy nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. We could use a little more of that today. Amen. Uh, we, need, we need some reverence and godly fear. Yes. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, for I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good land and into a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the impression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So we see that Moses was called because he turned to see the bush. Now Moses was a little nervous. How are they going to believe me? He said in verse 4. And so the Lord gave the sign of the serpent that turned into a snake. And... Uh, then he gave him another sign. He said, put your hand into your bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, and behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And the Lord said, if they don't believe the first sign, they'll believe the second sign. But then, oh, if they won't believe those two signs... Then thou shalt take the water out of the river and pour it upon the dry land. And the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. That ought to do it. And Moses said unto the Lord, Now, this may happen to us. It's happened to us often. It might happen to me while I'm doing this uh, podcast. I am not eloquent. Neither therefore... Nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. But the Lord says later on in the scripture, Faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. I've seen in so many different situations how we think something is totally impossible within our own doing. So Moses was a perfect example here for each and every one of us. I... We knew a lady who came up to visit us when we were ministering in Lake County. And this woman, God bless her, most wonderful woman in the world, but she could not sing to save her life. She would throw everybody else off key. Her voice was terrible. We're there in a time of praise and a time of worship. And she opens her mouth and this beautiful melodious sound comes out and she starts to sing unto the Lord. What was impossible for her in the natural was possible for God in the supernatural. 
Are you in his supernatural today? I pray you are. Let's take another look as we're looking at these different prophets. Let's take a look at Isaiah. The volunteer with desire. Isaiah 6, 1 through 8 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe am me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. From mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sins are purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. So we see here that in this case, his passion was, Lord, you've touched my lips. You've cleansed me. You've purified me. I'm here. You can send me. You can trust me to do your bidding. What a burning bush experience. Coals upon the lips. The next one we're going to look at in the Old Testament is Isaiah. Betsy, would you take over at this point? She's shaking her head. No, sorry. I'll continue on. It's Elisha. We just did Isaiah. Ha! <laughs> okay. As you can tell, this is a studio broadcast where we're going back and forth. And it is, Elijah, the man who would not let go like a dog with a bone. Now, Betsy. <laughs> and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Terry, here I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth, and as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. So Elijah was trying to shake off Elisha. But as we said before, Elisha was like a dog with a bone. He would not let go. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take thy master away from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold 
ye your peace. So the prophets had some knowledge, but Elisha is the one that had the extreme desire. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, still trying to shake off Elisha here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And the two went on. And fifty men of the son of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And the two stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle, and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked the hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed himself to the ground before him. The Lord appoints those who he desires to represent him. You can't appoint yourself. That's why I get so frustrated with the church today as they appoint preachers that have never had an anointing upon their life and have never sought the passion of the Lord for themselves. And they stand before congregations many times leading them astray because they have never realized the anointing of the Lord themselves. The next one that we're going to look at is Samuel, the boy with a pure heart and ears to hear. First Samuel 2.26 says, And the child Samuel grew up and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Later, that would be said of Jesus. First Samuel 3.1-10 says, The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. 
and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see, and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli, and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and he laid down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know that the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called, Samuel, again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be. And if he call thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called at the, as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. How often is it that we miss the calling of the Lord because we're not saying, Lord, here am I. This story goes on to tell how Eli and his sons were very wicked in the eyes of the Lord. And the message that the Lord gave Samuel was one to tell them that they were wicked. How would you like to wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, and then the Lord says, here's the bad news, and you're taking it to them. But sometimes that's what we're called to do. We're called not to puff up individuals or to tickle their ears. In fact, I can tell you in my own situation, when the Lord called me out to minister, he called me out in Jeremiah. And the scripture that he gave me was, do not please them who have itching ears, but to tell them the truth. Be not as the false prophets, but be as a voice for me. And I went out with that calling upon my life. Betsy? The next person we want to talk about is David, the worshiper, a man after God's own heart. And the story is told in the Old Testament, but it's also referred to in the New, in Acts 13, 21 through 23. And afterward, they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul, the son of Kis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave their testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. 
of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. What was so good about David? David was a worshiper. And that's why he got called from the sheepfold to uh, be God's king. In fact, his worship was so powerful that when Saul was troubled by an evil spirit, he would call David and David would play the harp and the evil spirit would depart from Saul. If you're ever troubled, it may be that music from the Lord can chase away the evil spirit. I used to uh, go to a conference called Queen Camp in California, and the first night we would spend probably the first two or three hours, almost just the whole night, we would spend in worship. And when you do that, any spirit that might be troubling you just evaporates and you can hear the word of God. I would like to add to that, that David as a young boy, while tending the sheep, played a harp and sang. He worshiped the Lord. His only audience was sheep, but he was worshiping the Lord. When he became king, he still worshiped the Lord. The majority of the Psalms are David's music and lyrics. David even worshiped the Lord when he sinned. And in Psalm 51, you see where he was repentant of his sin that he had caused. And what did he do? He called the musicians and said, hey, put it to music. What a worshiper he was. This finishes part one of our uh, episode this morning. And we will pick up with part two with looking at New Testament examples. Until then, God bless.